Welcome to Growth Over Easy, the podcast where we explore the depths of life with an optimistic lens. I'm your host, Lily Rachels, and I believe pain has the potential to produce more growth than happiness ever could. I teach you how to grow through grief and give you actionable tools you can start using today. It's time to choose growth over the easy path in life. Let's grow together. Welcome back to Growth Over Easy. I'm joined today by Johanna Bushwhite. She's a highly respected business advisor, skilled investor, and an award-winning entrepreneur. Our conversation today centers around physical and mental health and how she overcame her own obstacles with mindset work. Johanna, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I'm really glad you could come on today. So I would love for us to start out with you describing what your life looked like before you went through this growth, before you started your journey, like paint the audience a picture of kind of what a day in the life of Johanna was like. (laughs) A day in the life of Johanna. Well, (laughs) back then it wasn't very pretty. I was physically sick quite a bit um, through like out my childhood in high school. So I was always like just not physically feeling well. That's like how every day started. And I was feeling so unhappy. I really truly believed that happiness was not an option for me. Mm. So every day I would wake up with like physical pain with like feeling this deep pit of depression and just thinking that this is just like normal. I just have to like function regardless of it. I would have anxiety about everything. And to me, again, it was like, this was normal life. I thought that that was like just how things were, that nothing Mm -hmm. would ever change. And it was like not a question of if there was a light at the end of the tunnel. It was how can I function in society while like having all these things? Like I really just didn't even know that it was an option to live without them. It sounds like you were just really treading water in life. And you're like, I just need to cope to get through. Exactly. There's really no thriving going on. And I also like didn't think it was like socially acceptable at the time to like feel these things. So every day it was kind of exhausting because like I would go to work or even with pretty much most of my friends, I would wear this mask, right? Mm -hmm. This like metaphorical mask of like pretending to be something I wasn't feeling, pretending to feel better, to be quote unquote normal. And then I would come home and I'd be like so drained from the day because then it's like, okay, this is actually how I'm really feeling as opposed to like pretending to feel what I thought was like a normal person's feelings. Yeah. So like wearing that mask and having to show up in one way for your friends and then you get home and life is completely different because reality sets in. What do you think really initially prompted you to like start wearing that mask? Like what pressures were going on in life where you felt the need to display yourself in one way, even though you were feeling something completely different? I think it was more so like a subconscious belief that I decided was truth when I was little. And a lot of that stemmed from when I was in high school, I was physically sick all the time. But once I was not really in a a physical hospital anymore and I had to start going back to school, I really struggled to get back to normal. And then that's also when more of the depression and anxiety would start. And my mom with like, she had the best intentions at heart, but she, I think went about it the wrong way. And she, she admits that now too, but it was really about like hiding the truth from Mm -hmm. like neighbors, from the school of the fact that I like, I didn't go to school one day because like, I literally couldn't even get myself to get out of bed because I was depressed. It was like painting this picture and this story of like who Johanna actually is and what she's going through in a way that 
she thought was protecting me from other people's judgments, which I'm sure it was because at the time it was like very stigmatized. Mm -hmm. Um, But it made me believe that like I wasn't supposed to feel that way, that there was something wrong with me for feeling that way. And it wasn't socially acceptable. And therefore nobody could know. It was like this deep, dark secret. So like, that's why I wore this mask, you know, in, in public of like, pretending to be this person that I thought I was supposed to be. And it was really just, I think, based off of that. Oh, that breaks my heart for you. And I feel like what happens so often, you know, we are like, oh, we have this like part of us that people might not understand and they might judge. So we're just going to hide it and put up the facade to keep ourselves safe. And like you said, you know, coming from your mom, I'm sure it came from a very loving place of, you know, yeah, I want to protect my daughter even though like we know now that it's like yeah. shining the light on the darkness is what, you know, that's where the healing comes from. What were kind of your options at first? Did anyone like present you with that? Did you start somewhere particular? Yeah. So my story, I think is a little bit funny in the sense that it wasn't like, uh, well, maybe it's more common than not. Cause like in this country, at least like over-medicating is, mm-hmm. is a thing, unfortunately, like whatever your beliefs on medication are like, that's great. It saves so many lives, but if you don't need it and you're prescribed it anyways, it's kind of causes some trouble. So when I was younger, I was very outspoken. I said whatever was on my mind and I was a little bit difficult (laughs) to my poor parents. You had great leadership skills. (laughs) Exactly. Sure. (laughs) But they were unrefined then. So they were Mm -hmm. very rude. (laughs) Um, And I I used to push back on everything. Like nobody Mm -hmm. could tell me what to do. Like it had to make sense. And if it didn't make sense to me, like God help you. My parents um, were very religious. And I didn't understand their religious beliefs and I had different ones. And I used to fight with them about it all the time because like when you're younger and you're growing up in a home, your parents want you to follow certain practices and it gets kind of forced on you. Mm -hmm. And for me, because I didn't believe it, I felt like I was being put in this box and I had no control. And Johanna, little Johanna hated not having control. Mm -hmm. So I would just act out, right? And so my parents saw it as like, oh, she has crazy anxiety. And this is at like 11 years old. And really it was like situational, right? It was like based off of where I was coming from. So when I was taken to a doctor, the first thought was like, let's put her on medication without Mm -hmm. actually identifying what was causing me to feel a certain way, as opposed to like just saying, oh, she must have a chemical imbalance in her brain. Let's medicate. The problem is, I didn't have a chemical imbalance in my brain and the medication actually made me sick. Like that kind of went on for years where I was put on different antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, and they would actually make me have panic attacks. They would make me feel more depressed. They would switch them and I would feel numb. Like, and it was horrible. I really did feel like I had no control and it took almost like, I think like 10 years for me to finally be able to get off all medication and like fully detox my body from it. And like the transformation of just being off medication in itself, I already felt better. I still was struggling, but I already felt better. So anyone who's on medication, I think it's great. It really, like I said, it really can help people and it can really save lives. But like for in my situation, like it hurt me more than it helped me. And I think that is oftentimes the case because we do live in a society where we're very quick to slap a a drug on something and be like, just take this. It's that Band-Aid kind of fix. And I saw that a lot prior to doing the podcasting and coaching. I worked as an adolescent therapist and I would get so many kids that were heavily over-medicated without dealing with that root cause of like, where is this depression and anxiety actually coming from? But off of the medication, you started to feel better. How old were you around this time? I was about 22 years old when I was fully off all medication. So what did life look like then? Like 22-year-old Johanna, what was life like? You're off the medication. 
So I was off the medication. So I stopped having those like funky symptoms, but I still was depressed and I still was anxious because I think I really taught myself that that was like normal and that was how I should feel. And that was like the baseline. I felt a little bit lighter, like Mm -hmm. in terms of like that weight on my chest. So it no longer felt like I had a school bus on my chest, but more like, you know, like a a compact car. So it was still there, but it was not as heavy. Better, but not great. Right, exactly. And I was really proud of work. Like that's kind of where I put everything into it. I said, I have a job and I have a good job and nobody knows any better. And like, I'm, you know, functioning member of society. And then I was all about like, you know, just giving to other people because I didn't feel like I could help myself or give to myself. So I was just very service-based. And what people don't realize is if you're not, healthy within and you overgive, it's actually unhealthy. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this idea that like, oh, service and giving is great. And it is. But when you do it in an unhealthy fashion, it's like horrific for like relationships. You have no boundaries, friendships, and, and it's not good. That was kind of my world at the time. <laughs> so you had financial business success, but you're still wearing that mask. You're yeah. still not letting people see like the reality of like what you're feeling when you go home alone at night, get ready for bed, you're sitting there by yourself. And then all those feelings, emotions, the things I'm dealing with are still present and at home. What was the kind of breaking point where you decided something has to change? So it was really slow. I was first introduced to anything around mindset when I was around 23 years old. My roommate at the time, she was the only one who kind of knew outside of my parents, like what was happening with me. And she wanted to help. So she she was really into meditation. So she suggested it. It didn't work for me. Like at the time, I also wasn't so open to it. However, it did kind of like create a little spark. I started doing sleep meditation from Deepak Chopra. And at the time I was taking melatonin because I couldn't sleep. My brain Mm -hmm. never would shut off. It was the first time in my life I finally went off melatonin, like since I was probably like a kid because I was on melatonin for years. It like slowly was like a little tiny spark and I started to read a little bit and be more open to it. But, you know, it didn't actually have a transformation until I, I was about almost 25 years old. When I was 25, I still didn't think that I could live without depression or anxiety but I was Mm -hmm. over being physically sick. When I was younger, all the doctors used to say this thing, like you're a medical mystery. We don't know what's wrong with you. So we just treat the symptoms because the Mm -hmm. symptoms were very real and they caused me to be hospitalized so many times. And I had gone to see a specialist that I waited like months to see. And I was so excited. I was like, this is a specialist that's finally going to fix my stomach. I'm going to be healthy. And then he said the same thing. And I was like, Mm. crushed. I went home. I was hysterical crying. And I was like, I'm so over this. I don't want to be sick anymore. No doctor can help me. So I remember hearing, I heard a story about this woman who had cured herself from cancer. And I was like, if she could cure herself from cancer, like I can fix my stomach. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. So I started Googling. I was like, how to heal yourself from diseases, how to like change your brain. Because at the time, like I thought depression, anxiety was still going to be normal, but I was super over being physically sick. I also was struggling with a really bad eating disorder at the time. Then I was like, I'm done. I like literally decided that day. I was like, I'm done being physically sick and I'm done having an eating disorder. I just don't yeah. want it anymore. And I had tried like eating disorder treatment centers, all that. Nobody was able mm-hmm. to help me until I made that decision that I was like fully done and I was just going to be healthy. <laughs> 
Wow, that's incredible. I love that there was that point where you're like, something has to change. Like, I don't necessarily know what I'm going to do, but I know that the way that I'm living cannot go on anymore. And in your case, it's like not just dealing with the, it sounds like the anxiety and depression. You were even willing to be like, that's fine. But like physically, I have to feel better. So you decided that you're like, I'm going to feel better physically. You started Googling. What did you come to that really put you on that track? So the first thing that I found was this book from Dr. Joe Dispenza called You Are the Placebo. It was the first mindset book of many that I read, and it was the first book that changed my life. And it wasn't one of those things where I had like this like instant change. You know, I I read the book and I heard so many stories of people who literally were like healed instantaneously. And I was like, oh, that would be nice. Like, and then I felt like a failure for not being fixed overnight. But slowly but surely, things started to change. Literally less than a week, I no longer had eating disorder behaviors. And when I say behaviors, I mean, I wasn't actively having eating disorder. Obviously, my body was still incredibly damaged from what I I had done. So I saw a specialist who used really cool science and technology to like tell you what your body actually needs. And so I saw her just to help me on how to like start, you know, re-eating and build the strength again. But like eating disorder behavior done within a week. Within six months, I no longer had any physical illness. And after years of not being able to, to fix that, done. Six months, depression, anxiety, side effect was 85% better. Wow. And that's when I realized I was like, oh, I could fix this too. Cool. <laughs> so what do you think it was in that book that really you were like, oh, I can do this? So for me, at least at the time, like I wasn't open to any type of spiritual practice. Now I'm very spiritual and very religious and I use all the tools that there are kind of out there. But at the time, like I thought that was like crazy. I thought like meditation was like useless. And like, I really was so close-minded, but that book really uses science. And for me, that's what I needed. I needed Mm -hmm. to see other people's brain scans. I needed to hear the science and the medicine behind it for it to actually like absorb. And it just talked about different practices and different ways of changing your brain and how to rewire everything that's kind of in there and how quickly your body can do it. And for me, again, I needed the wording to be exactly how that book was worded from like the scientific side of it. And like, oh my God, my brain is so cool. Like this Mm -hmm. is neuroplasticity, like, wow. And so for me, it was just starting to practice those different things. And I read quite a bit of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work at the time. Like that you said that, because I feel like that's a lot of people they need like it can sound kind of woo-woo, especially like yeah. you need to meditate, you need to do this, start a gratitude practice, like all these things. It's like, oh yeah, when I have time, but it's like, no, I'm going to back it up by science. And then yeah. for someone like you, it was like, okay, like now you've backed this up and I'm going to do it. So you kind of followed essentially his program to a T and you said within six months. Within six months. That's incredible. Yeah. So what did life look like after that? Like, were you able to drop the mask around your friends yeah. Tell me about that. So a few things happen. I actually fired most of my friends, which is annoying. Like, I, I, real quick, I love that you said that I fired most of my friends because I always say that, you know, we go through romantic breakups, but I'm like, yeah. we go through friend breakups, but you're like, I fired them. What was that like? I was in a lot of toxic friendships. Mostly one, but like everyone else, we were all like one big friend circle. So by default, like with one fired, all of them had to get fired too. And it was a really toxic friendship. And it it took so much for me to like finally accept that and realize at least I didn't want that aspect in my life anymore. And so like that was like a big, big change. Um, So so once I did that, I had a much smaller circle and I was just like super honest with everyone. And I was just kind of over it. I was like, this is it. Like, if you don't like me, 
it's cool. Bye. It like, is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm over it. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I was like, let me just live my life and be honest about how I'm feeling, what I'm going through. My dad also was really physically sick at the time. And I was just like, I, I, I can't do it. Right. It's like, it's too much emotionally to keep hiding and pretending mm-hmm. to be something that you're not. And I was like, it is what it is. <laughs> like, and just that takes fun. such an emotional toll on us to have to pretend that everything's okay. I, yeah. I grew up in a similar kind of place where it was like, I'm going to act a certain way. And, yeah. it, you know, and I would have friends like, you're just always so happy and stuff. And on the inside, I'm like, what? I'm like yeah, I'm drowning. Exactly. But it's like, it's hard to let go of that identity. Yep. And then again, like, I love what you said about firing and cutting out the toxic friendships because you know, we are who we hang out with. Yeah. And I think just like some people keep a bad relationship around too long, like with their boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Some people keep bad friendships a lot, like just they're like, it was a long friendship. You know, they've been there for me. I'm like, but is this good for both of you now? And it sucks. Like anyone who's listening, who's like, yeah, I want to do it, but maybe it's like, you know, like I'm not sugarcoating it. It is horrible. Like it's like going through a breakup. Yeah. And it's kind of like even worse than that, especially if you're already in like a romantic relationship, because like you just kind of feel like you're like on your own little island. Like you, Mm. you don't have like that group anymore. Like if you think of like, you know, what like good girlfriends you imagine them to be, it's like, yeah, well now you have no one. So now you have to like start building new friendships and new relationships and like people actually who who are healthy for you and who you want to be around. It is like, they say it's better to be alone than to be with people who are not good for you. And it's true. It sucks for a little bit, but then you realize you're like, okay, now I get why they say that. <laughs> so you started kind of cultivating new friendships in your life or really being your true self with the ones yeah. around you. Did you notice any like, I know for me personally, like when I started doing that with some girlfriends, I got like, it was like deeper intimacy with my friends because I was finally, it's like, I was raw. Like, this is who I am. Did you notice that? Yeah. And like, people don't care. Like, I think like, I mean, some people do obviously depending who you have around, but like, at least for me, like some of the people I had in my life, they were like, Oh, I had no idea you're going through that. I'm sorry. How can I support you? I was like, what? I was like, what do you mean? How can you support me? (laughs) I was like, okay, thanks. I was like, I didn't know this was an option. And it was like, like, and then other people would be like, oh yeah, I have anxiety all the time. I just had a panic attack yesterday. I'm like, oh, really? (laughs) I was like, I didn't know that about you either. And it's it's like, like, we start opening up and then other people have that freedom to share too. Cause they're like, oh, this is safe. Like I can say what's going on in my life. And also we're all going through something, especially the people we think are perfect and have it all together. They're definitely going through something too. And it was great because then it's like, I can also share all the tools that I was using with them. And if they found something that could help them, they would share it with me. And like, all of a sudden we have this like wonderful unintentional self-help group going where we're all like doing this mindset work and really like growing and being open and honest. And it's really kind of cool. Like, you know, the seeing that transformation and everyone. Because you started that journey and then you were willing to share what you were doing, other people benefited from it. And that's that service piece we mentioned earlier. You were like, you know, I was trying to give, but when you're empty inside, there's nowhere to give from. But then when you are, it's like that filling your cup first. It's like you were able to give to your friend community. You were successful before you did the work, yeah, but you weren't fulfilled and you weren't okay. So how has that changed? Like as you're, well, we're always still doing the work, right? But as you're on this journey. So what's funny is, so for about like two and a half to three years, there was almost no external change. 
all the change was internal. And for me, I found that very frustrating. I was always very much a results-oriented person and very focused on the outward. So anyone who's like familiar with meditation or manifestation, like this is like your worst nightmare Mm -hmm. (laughs) to be like so focused on the external. Mm -hmm. And for me, I just really struggled with that. Um, And then the turning point that kind of changed that was in 2020. And it sounds like a little cliche, but like I became like very religious and very spiritual. And for me, that was like the key that I needed to unlock this whole new world of possibilities and potentials that I wasn't able to access before. And by doing so, I kind of attracted like more resources into my life. Like it could be anything from like, when I wasn't feeling well about something that was going on, like in my business, like the right Bible verse would be like, just, I would just Mm -hmm. open up the Bible app and the exact thing I needed was right there. Just different things. Like I literally would just be guided towards the exact tool that I needed and trauma healing work, all that stuff that like wasn't even on my radar. It just became available to me. And I started doing that work and slowly but surely I started seeing more changes in my business, in my relationships, in how I showed up in my relationship, which was a big thing, how I reacted to things that were out of my control, especially like if someone close to you says something that really sucks, like Mm -hmm. I changed the way that I reacted to it. And certain things no longer were active triggers for me, which was like a huge transformation. And I was like slowly but surely guided to what I'm doing now in terms of business and my purpose and actually feeling joy in my business. Because I had started my own company after I'd done a lot of this mindset work. But it wasn't something that was really aligned with me. It wasn't Mm -hmm. something that felt good. It wasn't something that I enjoyed. It was just something I did because I saw a hole in the market. And I was like, let me take out like advantage of that. Terrible idea. Nobody should start a business because of that. (laughs) Um, And so now I feel great like being able to do what I love and being able to help people and, and just like showing up better for myself and for like everyone in my life. I love what you said about the journey too, because this started at one point. What year was that when you were 23? I don't want to, unless you don't want to give away your age. That's a good question. I was like, I got to do some math guys. Um, Or like, how long do you think this was kind of from that initial start point up until now? Yeah. So when I was 23 to 25 was like the first little tranche of like not being open to it. But like, it was like little drops, little seeds were planted. Mm -hmm. At 25 or right before I turned 25, that kind of just started to grow. And at 26, almost 27 in 2020 was when like I became religious and spiritual and I'm 28 now. Yeah. <laughs> I love that though, because it shows that like, this is a journey. Again, it's, it's not easy. It's not this over the night, like, oh, a switch flipped. I'm a new person. It's like, yeah. it's a reinventing and it's working on the mindset and it's working the tools and it's that slow climb, but it's that steady, like pace forward where the change really happens. And I wish someone would have told me that because to be honest, I feel like if I knew that I probably would have transformed these things a lot faster because when all these, like there's so many amazing books and resources out there. But one of the things that I actually really don't like about them is how they talk about these instant shifts that people feel. And I think it's true. There are definitely a ton of people out there that feel that instant shift, but I would love for them to focus a little bit more on the people who don't and letting them know that that's okay. Because I thought I was doing it wrong. I thought I was like failing because I was very like black and white thinking. I was like, well, I'm failing at mindset work because it didn't change overnight. Like, Mm -hmm. why is it taking so long? What am I doing wrong? And so I think anyone who's new to it or anyone who's like kind of in the midst of doing that work, like it's okay if it takes you longer. Like you will see that transformation 
And there's little things that transform faster than others. It's not just this like, okay, my entire life is like changed overnight. All of a sudden, every single thing I've ever desired in my life is here tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I wish that would be great, but like, it's not. (laughs) But you're right. A lot of times the picture is painted that way. It's kind of like the iceberg analogy. Like we see all the success, but no one tells the story about everything they had to do to get there in the mess because the mess isn't as sexy. So they're like, just look at like, look at the good parts. For the audience listening today, if they're in that space you were before, we'll say Johanna at 22, and they're, whether it's physical, you know, something in their body, whether it's depression, anxiety, whatever it is for them in this mindset world, if there's one thing that they could start doing today. Take accountability. It sucks, but it's fantastic. So the worst thing and the best thing is to say, I am responsible for everything that happens in my life, everything that I'm feeling, whether it's good or whether it's horrible. And to anyone who's listening right now, they might be like, oh my God, no. (laughs) It's like, it's my mom's fault. It's my dad's fault. Mm -hmm. It's like this person's fault. Things will get better when this changes. If you can literally try to stop that right now, even if you don't believe one word that you are saying, that is okay. Just even being open to taking accountability, all of a sudden everything will change because now you are no longer a victim and you are in control of your own life, even if it doesn't seem like it. I love that. It's like taking accountability, you take your power back. You're no longer saying that, like you said, my mom, my dad, my partner, my kids, like whoever it is, my boss, it's like you're pulling all of that back into you and saying, I am responsible if I want radical change in my life. Yeah. And it's okay if you don't believe it in in that moment. I didn't. I had the worst victim mentality like of all time. I wanted to blame everybody else for everything that was happening to me. So much (laughs) easier if it's someone else's fault, right? Of course. But then at the same time, you can't change it. You feel completely like weak, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's so empowering and also terrifying to, to say that you're in control. And I would love for you to also tell us about your business because I'm. you guys can't see this, but as I'm looking at Johanna, she has limitless behind her. So tell us about that because I feel like that has definitely been born out of this change in mindset and this taking responsibility for your life and accountability. Yeah. So right now I run a company called Frankly Co. Um, and, and Frankly is very apt because it's all about the name, right? It's just speak open, honest, and direct. And for me, that's really important. So what Frankly is, is is uh, the app itself is like slowly being built, but it's a community for female entrepreneurs that provides them everything they need to know to grow from a community standpoint and from also algorithmically search-wise and then providing them with exact resources that they need so that we can kind of cut the fluff and make it easier to make decisions and feel competent and confident in business decisions. And to support that right now, I have the Limitless Podcast which similarly is like all about having that open, honest, and and frank conversations with different extraordinary businesswomen. And and the goal is to provide anyone who's listening with actionable bits of information that they can start to do right now. And one thing that I've done with Limitless almost accidentally is that I have guests who range from like direct business skills of like marketing, branding, financials, to mindset work, anything from like money mindset to trauma healing and how that shows up in the workplace. And it's kind of funny how that happened because for me, it's like, I never would have thought like when I was 22, that mindset had anything to do with business or with earning more money. And oh man, I was so wrong. (laughs) And I think a lot of people assume that it's like, we want to compartmentalize different areas of our life. And we're like, it's interwoven. It's not the separate thing. The way you deal with one thing is 
the way you do everything, right? A hundred percent. And like the mindset piece, it's when you do that, the changes you actually see in your business and how much more money you start to make, how much more value you start to deliver, how much better of a community you start to create. It is completely insane. Like it has blown my mind. Um, so, so hopefully other people get to learn that as well and get to benefit from all the cool people that I've had on. No, they absolutely will. And guys, I'll have links to all of Johanna's stuff in the show notes. So check her out. So I like to end all the podcasts. One last question. And that is, what does growth mean to you? So growth for me changes. I think the definition uh, all the time, but right now for me, it means being present and really enjoying everything, understanding that no matter what is going on around me, everything is a gift and everything is a learning opportunity. And when I see things that way, everything is just happier. (laughs) That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing, Johanna. I really, I appreciate you being on and I know people are going to benefit from hearing your story And using that advice that you've given, taking accountability, start there, guys, take accountability for your life, take stock so that you can get your power back and start your journey of growth. That's it for this episode of Growth Over Easy. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Also, make sure to link up with me at lilyrachels.com. I'm Lily Rachels across all social platforms. Please just share this podcast with anyone you think will benefit. Until next time, remember, easy is empty, growth is gold.